welcome to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast, your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, your sister's favorite podcaster, Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how are you doing today? Uh, just swell, Richard Clark. How are you tonight? I'm not doing too bad. I am currently watching the Kraken uh, lose there in the second period. Not not good. We need some wins, you know, late in the season. Uh, they're they're sitting firmly in uh-huh. like tenth place, so we need some wins. But other than that, spring training, baby, it's here. We're seeing some some good, some bad in the spring training. Um, I think we've seen almost all of our um, off-season pickups at least play one game outside of guys, obvious guys like Gregory Santos. But uh, yeah, spring training is here, baby. Yeah, it's uh, it's looking good. It's uh, yeah, very glad it's back. It's uh, it's fun to watch from from Arizona. We need to get down there sometime and see what we can catch sometime. That'd be that'd be fun. Yeah, you know. My mom has always been like, you need to go to spring training. And I I think it finally took me, you know, doing this podcast to go, man, I should really go to spring training. And it should obviously be a trip with me and you. Maybe we can go down. You know, I was telling you before we started the show, maybe we can go down, interview some players, see if we can catch, you know, Mariners PR and be like, hey, you know, can we have a podcast interview with a couple players? Like, that'd be awesome. Yeah, man. Yeah, maybe I think it'd be uh, I think it'd be a good time. Yeah, we'll have to uh, we'll have to plan for next year. How does that sound? It's gonna be it's gonna be tight with WrestleMania on the docket too. So, well, uh, oh know, yeah, maybe that's we'll... right. Yeah, tight tight on oh, tight on the paychecks too. Yeah, tight on the wallet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get there eventually, folks, and you, you guys will know that we will be there because we'll start shooting episodes from down there. Anyways, but before we get into everything. You know, we're getting a little bit ahead of ourselves. Um, I just want to thank everyone for taking time to come back and listen to the Forks Down podcast. Obviously, if you're a returning listener, welcome back. Uh, we are seeing our numbers skyrocket right now. I don't know if it's just the interest in spring training, interest to see what the Mariners are doing. But um, whether you're a first-time listener or a returning listener, thanks for choosing Forks Down. Hopefully, you're home. You're, we are your home or your new home for Mariners baseball talk. And, you know, if you haven't already, go hit up our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook, find us on Instagram, and find us on Threads. So search Forks Down Podcast. And you can also hit like and subscribe on your podcast listening app, get notified about new episodes dropping. Or you can do like I do on Spotify. Just hit auto-download. I, I think it's follow podcast or whatever, but it'll auto-download to your device. And, uh, you know, you'll catch the episode as soon as it drops. Um, I, I do know that I made a mistake last week instead of changing the time for the episode to drop, um, to 8 AM on Tuesday, I accidentally had 8 PM on Tuesday. Um, so the episode did come out a little bit later last week, but typically, you know, our Monday episodes, um, will be dropping at about eight in the morning, Tuesday, um, Tuesday morning, Bo and I haven't decided yet if we are going to do, um, two episodes during the week um the you know when when the regular season comes around but we will keep you guys posted um you know if if we do do that it'll be very similar to what we did last season where we will go on monday 
shoot on Monday for a Tuesday episode, and then most likely shoot on Thursday. That's typically the middle of the week off day. Um, you know, if, if the Mariners do have an off day during the season, um, in the middle of the week, it's typically on a Thursday. So we'd shoot on Thursday, drop it for you Friday morning so you can listen to it as you head into the weekend games. But we haven't decided that yet, so we keep you guys posted. So anyways, Bo, let's hop into some transaction notes because we did have a couple transactions that processed this last week. Um, a couple minor league deals were signed, um, you know, for two different players, one of which uh, Mariners fans might remember. He played for the Milwaukee Brewers for a little bit last season, former Marlin. Um, Brian Anderson, he's a third baseman by trade. They do have him listed. I saw, um, you know, on a couple different depth charts that he's kind of got like a utility sense in him. Um, you know, outfield, infield, or infield, outfield. So looks like he probably can play some corner outfield spots. Um, so he was signed to a minor league deal. And then Trevor Kelly was also signed. Um, I don't quite know. I think he's a pitcher. Um, but, Bo, what, what can you tell me about those two? Sure thing. So Brian Anderson, I think you covered some of the basics of it, but um, yeah, former actually, I would say a, a decent top prospect in the in the Marlin system, um, you know, quite a few years ago, but uh, did come up with the Marlins, had a couple of really good seasons for them um, and has kind of had a slow drip, I would say, below that the last couple of seasons. But this is a player that we know that the Mariners have had interest in the past and I think going into this offseason. I think he was a guy that I think made a lot of sense for a minor league deal. Like he just signed, um, just kind of given, uh, you know, the Mariners, I don't want to say, I would say have a little bit of a question mark at third base still, even though, you know, we've decided to go with the platoon um, in addition to, you know, some of the outfield spots that we have, um, you know, there might be a little bit of a question mark if guys get hurt or if, um, <clears throat> you know, if somebody's just not ready to go, this get ready to start the season. So, Brian Anderson, I thought was a really good fit. I thought this was a pretty good deal for the most part. I think what we've heard is that he gets $2 million if he makes the team. So um, he ultimately might be waiting for some sort of injury, um, but those do things do happen all the time, right? Guys don't start the season and then you'd have something to fill in. So I think Brian Anderson is a really good fit if that ends up becoming the case there. Um, and then Trevor Kelly. Um, yeah, relief pitcher, longtime relief pitcher in the, the Red Sox system has bounced around between a couple teams the last couple of years. I'm uh, going to be a very fastball slider, heavy combo. Um, <clears throat> yeah, we're going to be uh, obviously a primarily a relief pitcher. Did start a couple of games last year. I think he started those in like the opener role for Tampa Bay. Um, <clears throat> yeah, kind of rough numbers if you look at the surface there, but uh, you know we'll see what he's got um, going into his age. Uh, he'll be his age 32 by the end of you know, 2024. So almost who he's got, but uh, a couple of good signings, just kind of trying to round out a couple of rosters, I think for the most part and give a couple more depth pieces. You know, you didn't bring up Trevor Kelly's pitch mix here. Is he a slider pitcher? Has he got a slider in the repertoire? Fastball slider, fastball slider. Yep. Shocking. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's a little bit of a slower fastball than probably what you would maybe anticipate. But um, yeah, it's uh, uh well, Ultimately, we'll see what kind of has to happen. I think he's a th I think he's a side armor if I if I remember correctly. So, yeah. Dang, side there. armor too. Are we talking like Chad Bradford side arm? Or are we talking like Adam Simber? Um, Chad Bradford's kind of in his own, um, you know, kind of in his own uh, um, category there. So, um, I would probably go with the with the with the latter there. Yeah, the latter there, the latter there. Okay, that's yeah. fair. 
Like we said at the top of the show, spring training has started. Uh, we do have a few spring training notes. Um, I know I've tried to catch a couple of the games on the radio, um, you know, especially the first game. The first game, I think, was on Root Sports, but it was the the White Sox broadcast. Um, but uh, Rick Riz and Dave Sims were on the call on radio in that first game. So I caught a lot of that first game. Um, I caught bits and pieces of the second game, and I completely spaced. There was a game today until uh, the Mariners scored in the eighth inning. Um, but, yeah, spring training's back, and, and we got some notes here. Um, you know, before we get into, you know, some of the happenings of the games, um, we, we know players like Gregory Santos are already, you know, kind of shut down for the spring and, and you know, kind of lightly progressing. But Matt Brash was recently just shut down. Um, you know, when Scott service talked about him a little bit, he's banged up, didn't feel great after a bullpen session. So, um, we're going to probably expect him to, to have a pretty light load through spring. Um, he was the number one pitcher in, uh, the relief side of things last season. When it comes to terms of appearances, he did lead the league and, um, he's, he's starting to, but he's starting to get noticed a little bit. I don't know if you, uh, I think it was on the baseball subreddit or maybe it was on X. I can't remember where I saw it, but Trevor may uh, former baseball reliever last with the Oakland athletics. Um, and he's also a, a hometown Seattle guy uh, started a new series that he's doing um, kind of um, letting people know of, of some of the nastiest pitches he's seen in the league, you know, when, when he watches other pitchers and the first person he started off with that, series was Matt Brash and his slider and uh man just going back you know he had like kind of his top five sliders of the year you know going back and watching some of those break you know like especially like number one obviously was the um Jose Ramirez slider that uh Ramirez swung and the ball ended up between his legs you know so I think it had something like 20 inches of horizontal break, but, um, I'm just hoping he's not, I, I hoping it's just light in the spring training. We're not going to have injury problems this season with Matt Brash because he looks to be a very key cog to this Mariners bullpen. Yeah. I think it's always kind of tough to discern, um, <clears throat> you know, what guys are coming into spring training with and especially in February, right. What kind of you know, the, the severity of an injury or, you know, the news like this, right. Um, I kind of take it as it's just, you know, guys just trying to shake off the rust coming into coming into spring from a winter, right. That's kind of the way I've always looked at it for the most part. Um, but, uh, yes, to your point, there could be maybe some other lingering stuff that, um, maybe lying under the surface, right. Like Andres Munoz, you know, started the season with us last year. Then he was, quickly on the IL very shortly after a couple of games at the start of the season. Right. So um, <clears throat> yeah, you, you wonder about some of those things, you know, you hope it's just kind of guys shaking off the rust. Um, I think we'll get another update probably next week on it. Cause it's uh, yeah, he's going to be, you know, um, Gregory Santos, we bring him in, but you know, I think Justin losing Justin Topa was still a pretty big hit to us. Right. And hopefully Matt Brash is still there to be, you know, the, the main firefighter maybe eventually closes at some point as well. So, um, you know, hopefully we'll just knock on woods and knock on wood and he gets, you know, we get a better update next week's next week. Yeah. 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 
And we're also waiting on an update for, for two other players here. Luis Urias experienced shoulder inflammation. Shoulder inflammation. Um, he played winter ball this season in Mexico. Um, you know, kind of came into spring training and wasn't feeling that great. They shut him down from throwing. Um, there's no clear timetable for when he will start throwing. I don't, I don't think he's so, had a bat yet. So he? yeah, he did. So this, did. so that, this has probably been updated because he did play in the game today on the 26th. So he did have oh, a he couple, did? he did, he did have, he did have two at bats. So I think that he, it seems to be looking better, hopefully. Right. So yeah, this is a positive sign, but, um, still makes you question, you know, he did, he did deal with some injuries last week, last year that is. So, um, still hope nothing's up, but bet may there but yes he did have an at bat but probably you know something to still watch going forward yeah and then julio dealing with inflammation on the top of his left hand um as you put a bow he should return this weekend um i don't think he played the game today again i didn't watch the game but uh i'm assuming he didn't play today he did not play today no so, so um, yeah, so those are, you know, some of the injuries that we're dealing with at the start of spring training. And, uh, you know, we're going to move on to some players here that, that we've heard or seen. Maybe you guys, you know, as fans follow the Mariners, um, Facebook pages or the Twitter pages. And these are the kind of the guys that we've seen stick out a little bit. Um, I, I just want to start off with this one cause it was so great. Um, him coming back and and doing this in his first at bat in spring training but mitch hanniger home run first at bat uh, i think it was the second spring training game um a very very good swing um the mariners did lose that spring training game but um you know i think everyone that was watching or listening on the radio let out of a, a collective mitch as he hit that because um you know he's back so Right now, spring training, one home run in, you know, how many ever bats, zero ruptured testicles. That's good. It's good. That's we'll, we'll, we'll take that. Yeah. Yeah. No. Um, yeah. Very excited to see. Very excited to see Mitch. I felt like the, the story of, uh, the game so far is like the young guys and the old guys, right? Like, uh, Mitch, you see him kind of perform and get his home run there. And then, um, yeah, yeah, just a lot of young guys I feel like are sticking out. Cole Young had a had a big hit in today's game, um, the two run double, which was the only two run scored of the game. Um, Dominic Canzone also in that game against the 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 Guardians. That is in that same game that Mitch hit his home run had a big uh, had a big hit in that game. Um, also looking just Dominic Canzone looks like that guy's put on you know um, some serious some serious muscle this off season. So always good to see that. Um, but yeah, it's also fun. You know, this is the time of year where, you know, I go, you got to see Harry Ford at bat, right. And you got to see, um, Tyler Locklear, but Tyler Locklear had a great game on, uh, I think it was the Saturday game. He ended up going three for three. So, um, there's a lot to like a lot to, you know, I felt like this is, this is one of the first spring trainings, like a lot of young guys I can remember, like watching them and trying to see them a little bit more right than I've seen in a while. Obviously Julio came in like 2022. You watch that a little closer, but like some of these guys, it's like fun to watch. Cause like they're, they're imminent, right? It feels like they're imminent, right? Maybe they're not as close as maybe we would like, but um, they're getting closer and it's a lot of fun to, you know, see Cole Young, see Harry Ford, see Tyler Locklear, a couple other guys as well. Yeah. Well, I know I asked you, uh, you know, kind of around, 
the start of spring training. I don't think it was on the the podcast here. Um, you know, could Cole Young make this team if he sticks out? And and your your answer obviously was, I think it take a miracle to make it, like you know, an injury or something for him to make the roster. But you know, like Monday's game, he comes up left on left matchup and and smashes a double. You know, I I love seeing it. Cole Young's your boy too. You know, I know you have went out of your way to try to get some of his uh, pre-rookie cards and stuff like that. So, you know, it's just good to see that. Tyler Locklear having a three-for-three three game on Saturday. Awesome to see. You know, and then we're just mentioning batters here. You know, we're, we're not mentioning a lot of the pitchers. You know, he, he might not be young. He's got a little bit major league experience. But Jackson Coar on Saturday had a solid outing, went an inning, had a couple uh, couple Ks. You mentioned before we hopped on the episode, Joey Knable you know, um, had a, a pretty good game on Monday. Actually, that whole pitching staff had a good Monday game. They only gave up one hit, you know. LaPedra started the game, looked pretty good. Joey Nabel was in the game at some point, you know, had a, had a good game. So it's like um, there's a lot to like so far watching this team in spring training, knowing, you know, you, you got to come in with this expectation of you're, you're not really seeing maybe a lot of major league ready guys. Um, you know, and, and I, I feel like we need to not be snake bitten by what we want to call like the Jared Kelnick treatment where Jared Kelnick comes out and has a big spring training. It's, it's got us wondering like, is this the year he finally breaks out, you know, and he did have a good season last season. Honestly, he did, but, um, he, uh, he did wasn't he, doing, did he, he had a good, he had a great April. He had a great April, a phen- phenomenal April. He hit well in the last month of the season when the Mariners weren't hitting well. Nah. So, um, but still, like, that whole spring training, because he was doing well, had it, you know, had us like, oh, is this, is this the year he becomes an all-star, you know? I made the prediction last year that after that spring training, Jared Kelnick's going to get some MVP votes. I couldn't have been more wrong. You know, that's what made it, <laughs> that's what made it, like, our off-the-wall predictions out out of left field predictions, but I don't know. I just love what I'm seeing. Um, you know, obviously I haven't been watching all the games, but you know, following Mariners social media, you know, seeing these game clips and, and you know, the big one, obviously for me being the Cole young one, but you know, Mitch Hanniger's first home run, some of these, you know, different things they're posting. I'm just loving to see right now. Yeah. It's all very positive right now. And, um, I, uh, yeah, I, I kind of want to watch more, right? Uh, you know, I haven't been, I haven't been watching it as much. Been uh, a little preoccupied with some other things right now. You know, following the notes, following the highlights, right? So definitely try to listen and watch some more. I think as the rest of spring training goes along, certainly for Julio's uh, spring debut, and um, yeah, see what else, see what else these young guys have in store for us. So should be fun. Yeah, and a lot of the games, you know, if if you got a way to watch them, they have been on uh, Root Sports. Um, if you want to listen to the radio. You can set up a free account on MLB, um, the MLB app. That's both on iOS and Android. Um, and you can listen to the Mariners broadcasters most of the time. Um, I think there's certain times where um, there's not really a press box, you know, or, or a smaller press box at the spring training stadium they're at. So um, it's usually one broadcast crew or the other that gets that. But um, yeah, check it out. Watch some of these young guys. We're not going to probably see them after spring, you know, unless you're watching them on MLB.tv, catching some of those, um, you know, Arkansas 
games or Tacoma games and stuff like that. So go out and watch them. It's just, it's fun to watch watching these guys watching the future. You're watching the future basically. So uh, one other spring training note, Bo, that I, I'll bring up, and it's it's only because it's it's been severely mentioned on social media. Shohei Otani's making an appearance for the Dodgers tomorrow, Tuesday. You know, so today technically, when you're listening to this. But he should make his first appearance in Dodger blue. Well, who cares? I mean, I mean, like, <laughs> awesome. I question how fast he's come back from his uh, arm injury, whatever arm injury it was, the black box that it was. But you know what? That's that's whatever. We're not there. We're not going to be covering it. We're not. Nobody else is going to be there. So I guess a lot of yeah, Dodger fans are going to be there. But you know what I mean? Like. Okay, great, awesome. A lot of a lot of pitchers, a lot of everything else, but Mariners playing the Giants, and that's top of mind. So there you go. Did you? So you didn't catch the game, the first spring training game. I was listening to it on the radio, and technically the White Sox were the the home team, so I think the Mariners had to travel a little bit to get to the game. But it sounded like a Mariners spring training home game. You know, every yeah. Time you- I think the Mariner fans are traveling pretty well this year. I feel like when I when I tuned into that game, there were a lot of Mariner fans. I felt like at that game, so yeah, I yeah. credit credit to the Mariner fans. I think they are I think they are coming out a lot for the for the team this year. Yep. Hey, all that fifty four percent talk got people all hot and bothered. They're wanting to see this team now. That's right. Yep. <laughs> all right. So moving on here, uh, kind of the meat and potatoes of the episode today. Um, we plan to do, uh, I don't know, one of my other favorite episodes we do in the preseason, the spring training season. What if it all goes right? Um, uh, typically, we split this up into two different episodes. We got what if it all goes r- goes right. And obviously, um, I think last season we did what if it all goes wrong um, in a in a in the next episode. But um, there is a lot to like when you look at just the – um, you know, the advanced statistical breakdowns of this team. Um, and, uh, Bo, you've got a lot of them listed here. Um, you know, at least at the start here, but, uh, the first one that I, I see right off the top of my head, Mariners have a 60% chance to make the playoffs. And I feel that's a pretty, that's a pretty high number for, you know, what a lot of people think was not the greatest off season. Maybe it was a great off season, but a lot of people want to just bag on it because, you know, we didn't sign any big names. Yeah. And I think the Mariners, this is not a credit to the Mariners, but like, I, I think that there are a couple other teams that didn't really do like a whole lot otherwise. Right. Like we've, when we went through our like positional, we went through our team series, right. Like some of these teams didn't really work very hard to get much better. Like the blue Jays and the Rays and, um, you know, a team like the Rangers, like they didn't, they're obviously the Rangers won the world series, but like, they didn't really like advance themselves more than where they were at the end of the 2023 season. So I think the Mariners actually benefited from that in some ways. I think the Mariners kind of, you know, they shuffled around different pieces and I think that they got incrementally better. Right. And I think that obviously ends up putting them where they're at. So yeah, it's a 60% chance to make the playoffs. Um, it's the fourth best, fifth best, fifth best in the AL right now. Um, and I think that's, I think that's kind of fits in right where the team is at. Right. But I think, um, 
you know, when you kind of look at the lineup, when you analyze kind of the players that are on there, right. I think that there are different points of the team that, um, you know, have a high upside, right. Have points of upside that where they can either tap into or, um, how can I put it? Uh, you know, very well could be some other type of 95 percentile season. Right. I think like Cal Raleigh performed at his 95th percentile projection last year, according to baseball prospectus. Right. Um, you know, are there a couple guys on the team that they do that this year? We'll see. Right. So, um, but I guess I want to start with like, for me, like the biggest point that I think going into this season would be the biggest point of upside and the biggest point of, um, you know, everything going right is just a hot start to the season. And I kind of feel that way based upon the way that the Mariners have played in July and August, and they've kind of needed to bank on those the last couple of years, right. That they need to, that they really need that after having, you know, a sub or a 500 performance before that. And I think if the Mariners get off to a hot start, especially in those first weeks of April, um, you're really talking about a team that, you know, could end up winning 95 games, right? Like a team that could have very well end up, you know, being the top of the AOS based upon maybe, maybe even the first weeks of the couple of seasons. So um, what are your thoughts about that? I feel like we have to say that every year for the last few years. Um, the Mariners uh, coming out of spring training in April has always seemed to be a bit sluggish, you know, the last couple of years, you know, and, and you're completely right. July and August, you know, they're having the bank wins and, and use that opportunity to go on their big win streak, which I'm not hating still do what they need to do in July and August. But um, yeah, you're right. They very much need to get off the hot start. Um, they've got some tough stretches, you know, we went over a few weeks ago, um, their schedule and they've got, you know, that one stretch, you know, starting in May that looks really, really tough. And it's five back-to-back series of just people that the teams that we could see in the playoffs, you know, so, um, a hot start start in August would very much benefit them, you know, and, and we were saying at the end of the last season, you know, what if they had won three or four more of those games in April? You know, would we be talking about a playoff run here? Like that's, that's all it took the bad losses we had in April. That's all it took to, you know, get us in the playoffs at the end of the season when it's coming down to a three team race in the AL West with the Astros and the Rangers and the Mariners. So, um, and, and, and to furthermore, further this point, you know, they got to get off to this hot start in April because, um, you know, like we previewed, previewed with the schedule, their September's the roughest in the AL West, probably. You know, whereas the Astros and Rangers don't play each other as much. The Mariners are seeing both those teams. You know, the only team they don't see is going to be the perennial bottom feeders in the Oakland Athletics, basically. You know, so um, you're going to have to get off to the start, start, get off to, you know, you still have your win streak in July and August, but if you want to contend and win, you know, potentially win the division, you, you got to be consistent all the way through the season. Yeah. And I think that, I think that you, you're, what you're bringing up is like, what I think is ultimately like the thing that, I, that the Terry, that Jerry and Justin, the team have tried to address somewhat. And, and that's just having a little bit more of a consistent team, right. Having a team that, um, you know, the Mariners are very, the Mariners were a very similar team in June and September last year, and they weren't very good in June, right? Or at least certainly offensively. Mm-hmm. And I think having a team that, um, I think can be good month over month, right? And keeping an ability to hold the, uh, 
to hold the West, right, or to hold at least a playoff spot for a consistent amount of time, I think is going to be big if the team can hold it down, right? But um, we'll see. And I and I think I'm going into like where I the player that I think um, you know we're looking at this, we're going into this season, right? Um, and I think it's time to talk about Julio Rodriguez, right? And Julio, um, I think if everything goes right, and I think Julio's ceiling is 100%, you know, an MVP type season, right? Um, and I think his ceiling is there to where he can get that now. Um, what I would say is that uh, in addition to that, right, other than whatever the numbers are at the end of the season, I think the biggest thing for Julio that we could get from him, right, is some layer of consistency, meaning that, um, <clears throat> you know, when we were at the All-Star game, prior, going into the prior, into the All-Star season last year, um, there were serious questions about if Julio Rodriguez, if the game wasn't in Seattle, like if Julio Rodriguez was going to be an all-star, like there was, there were legitimate questions about that. Um, and he probably was, he probably was selected primarily because it was in Seattle. So I think going into this year, having a consistent Julio Rodriguez for, um, you know, April, May, June, July, right. You know, whatever you want to call it, 130, 120, like one you know, 120, 130, 140 WRC plus, um, would be the, would be the ideal state. Right. Um, but I think if there's a player that, um, you know, outside of you know, all of these guys in the off season, but if there's a guy that like, um, you know, as the biggest point of upside for our team, I still think it's Julio Rodriguez and having him consistent would, you know, be the, the biggest point, the biggest ceiling that I think this team could have certainly offensively. It's funny you bring that up, you know, because, you know, I remember talking about that, um, you know, on the podcast and off the podcast personally with you, you know, like Julio's <laughs> any other place Julio's not making this all-star team, you know, and and it was very, very apparent when we went to the all-star festivities, why he made it, you know, a lot. There was a lot of Julio up in like, you know, the, the fan fest that they have and you know, obviously at the home run derby, he was the big part of the home run derby. So like, you know why he made the all-star game. And then he has that brilliant second half that puts him in MVP talks, you know, and, and it earned him. I mean, it, the, the top, the MLB top 100 was just released. Um, I, the 10 through one was released last week and Julio was number 10. So, you know, if you're going by that metric, he's the 10th best player. And, um, you know, I, I, I very much think there's a lot of factors that are going into him being able to, to have this MVP type season and potentially win it because, you know, things like Shohei Otani are, he's not in the league anymore, you know? So your biggest competition for Julio is going to be Aaron Judge and maybe Juan Soto if Juan Soto can prove that he can hit in pinstripes. Um, but uh, the sky's the limit, obviously. And we said we said this every year. He just needs to be more consistent at the start of the season. You know, there's two two straight seasons of April just being abysmal. You know, and and then he goes on a tear. You know, he wins Rookie of the Year the year before. He gets MVP votes his second season. Like this could be the season he wins MVP, but he needs to do it over the course of 162 games and not you know 120. And then you know, obviously having that type of MVP season only is going to benefit the Mariners as a whole, you know, because they're going to look to him to be the catalyst for 
you know, if, if they're needing a win in, in August of September, you know, they're going to want him at the plate, get as many at bats as he can during the season. Like, um, you know, I just, I, I think he has a very good chance of winning it. it. You know, since this episode is, if it all goes right, it, there's a very good chance if it all goes right, Julio wins that MVP. You know, he has, he has the, the, the makeup and the, and the, you know, he, he's got the pedigree to be one of the best players in the game and we're seeing it already. And it's year three. So. Yeah. And from what it sounds like, right. It's, I think it's a stage that he wants to get to. And, um, you know, he's, you know, I think age is his friend currently. Right. Um, and, uh, I think, I think there's, a, I think there's just uh, another layer that he can tap into. Right. If I'm looking at the points of upside, I actually, you know, I believe that it's already a person that was on the team before and that's Julio Rodriguez. So, um, but let me transition to, you know, I think, uh, there's a couple other players we wanted to talk about, right. I feel like, mm-hmm. uh, we should certainly have a Ty France talk, right. And maybe we could talk about some of the probability that we think he probably returns to him. So his former self, but you know, I think in review, he did bat, he was a one Oh four WRC plus guy last year, roughly an average, um, first baseman and looking at his previous three years, right. He was, uh, you know, 125 WRC plus guy, 129 WRC in 2021. And, um, if we're looking at everything that could go right with this team, Ty France returning to his former self, um, you know, maybe even at a, a little bit of a lesser level, maybe a 115 WRC plus would be uh, an incredible source of, of, of upside for this team based upon, I think it's where I, I think it's right now. I think he's slotted into bat mm, sixth in this lineup, right? I think the last maybe roster resource projection I looked at had him at sixth, right? So if I'm looking at it right now, um, <clears throat> I think Ty France's ability to, you know, return to him to himself and hopefully we get some driveline help there. Um, I hope, I hope we're not all banking on driveline being the, the, the golden ticket for everybody, but um, I think there's a chance anyways, that he returns for him to himself. So what do you think about Ty France's chance of, of returning to, you know, some version of, his, of himself? This is, well, this episode is if it all goes right. So I'm playing the, if it all goes right, Ty France is going to be a better version than we, he made the all-star team. You know, Ooh, we saw okay. what di- we saw what what driveline did for J.P. Crawford, you know, and, and J.P. Crawford, you know, we're talking top 100 players. J.P. Crawford was on that top 100 team. I'm pretty sure it don't don't laugh here, but I think J.P. made number 69, which is, you know, there's a joke there I, for a PG podcast. We can't say anything, but we saw what driveline did for, for JP. And, and I know you don't want to say we don't, you know, we shouldn't be holding on to this whole driveline thing, but if it does what it did for JP, I think Ty France obviously could eclipse where he was at. Um, you know, he, uh, he, he's going to get on base. He, he showed that last year with how many times he was hit, um, you know, and, and then still had a the one Oh four is still, very average you know it's not like he was under 100 wrc plus so um yeah but it's this is what if it all goes right i think he could perform better than that you know and 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 if if we're performing better you know not only offensively maybe that'll spark his game in a defensive sense and he becomes a better defensive second baseman or second baseman first baseman um i know there was talks there was a couple a couple talks i had where i thought um 
you know, Ty France probably should have been a, a gold glove finalist with you. I don't know if you remember those talks, um, but I've always felt like he's been a pretty fine defensive first baseman, you know, maybe, maybe closer to average um, looking at through rose, rose colored glasses or whatever, looking at it jadedly or whatever you want to call it. But, um, you know, I, I, I do feel like Ty France can eclipse his former self because, you know, even, even his former self had its flaws. Uh, that all-star season, he had a good first half. And it kind of went downhill for him. You know, he was battling injuries. And, and you know, he hit significantly worse than he did in that first half of that season. So, um, you know, if we're eclipsing that, we're playing a full season of good Ty France baseball. 100%, yeah. Um, and if I'm thinking of, like, the major source of um, this team hitting its ceiling, I think it comes back to, to that just in general, right? Health. And, you know, we can put, uh, we can put a number on this and maybe we can take bets on, you know, if they all exceed this or what the total game or the total number of games they have. But I think right now we've listed Mitch Garver, Jorge Polanco, Mitch Haniger. They all play over 120 games, right? Like that would be, um, you're talking about three of your big acquisitions of the season off season, um, three pretty good bats, uh, at least when they're all healthy, right. Having all three of those guys, um, <clears throat> with at least 120 at bats means that 120 which, games, 120 at bats. Oh, a lot of we better, we better hope they get all, we better, we better hope they all get 120 at bats at least 120 games. Thank you. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, having, having, having 120 games for all those guys is, um, I think critical to having some sort of outcome that's uh, that we define as, you know, um, exceeding expectations, I guess. Right. Like that's where I'm going with that is uh, 120 games is kind of where I pegged it. You can peg it at, maybe more than that. If you would like um, <clears throat> a little more than that, it seems a little bit too optimistic at this point, maybe especially for Mitch Haniger. But um, when I look at it, right, the health side of things, there's other, there's other health concerns about other guys. But when I th- see those three guys, just like given the implications of them being, you know, big off season acquisitions and meant to be our, you know, maybe our three, four hitters and Mitch Garver and Jorge Polanco coupled with Mitch Haniger is probably going to be a little bit down the lineup, but um, you know, having those guys healthy for that amount of time is going to be, I think, help this team tap into its ceiling, you know, if it all comes to fruition. I think, honestly, if Mitch play, now you got to say which Mitch, which one are you talking about? I think, honestly, Mitch Hanniger, if, if he plays for 100 games, I would be happy, you know, because he hasn't done that in, a, in quite a while, honestly. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, 120 games seems about right. Um, you know, I, I don't expect him to actually play more than that, you know, especially Mitch Garver. I, I feel like, you know, we're going to want to use that time uh, or that that DH spot to, to rest some players when we need to. Um, maybe give Sebi Zavala a start behind the plate and then move Cal Raleigh to DH. So I could see Garver, um, you know, maybe making an appearance in the game, but, you know, most likely sitting out for that because – Really, I don't think you want Mitch Garver behind the plate. Um, but, you know, that's a good call. 120 games for, for each of those guys. Jorge Polanco, I bet, could get a little closer. I I, could, I bet, you know, out of the three of those guys, maybe Jorge Polanco go to 130. I know, I know the odds are on my side. Um, but, um, 
and maybe that's just being very optimistic. But again, if it all goes right, over one one thirty for Jorge Polanco, over one twenty for Mitch Garver, and over one hundred for Mitch Hanniger. So okay. Well, we're not at bold predictions yet. We'll, we'll we'll get to that. We'll get to that at some point in the future. But uh, no, I like it. I like it. it all sounds good. Um, and you know, I I I will harken back to harken back to the health thing. But um, I I think it's when we maybe we can just transition to some of the pitching side of things. Um, you know, I I, I felt like things with the pitching has gone pretty well pretty like a lot of things have gone well with the pitching staff over the last you know couple of years um save for maybe a robbie ray injury um, and a couple other bumps along the way but um for the most part i think that this starting rotation is starting to come into its own and i you know i think if 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 all signs are pointing up and all arrows are pointing up right there's there's a realistic chance you're talking about um you know i think two maybe two and maybe even three finalists for the Cy Young award. Right. I think mm-hmm. that's not, not, not a crazy thing to think at all, but um, I think if, I think that's kind of your 95th percentile, right. Is like those three guys, um, Luis, uh, George and Logan all kind of finishing in the Cy Young votes somewhere there. Um, and Bryce Miller and Brian Wu continuing to be, take that another step and, <clears throat> you know, being, the guys that, you know, George Kirby and Logan Gilbert were last year, right? Like that's kind of the, if everything goes right with those guys and the pitching staff and the starting rotation, that is, I think that's what you're, I think that's what you're hoping for with those guys, right? Oh yeah, absolutely. And and you hit it all out of the park. If, if it all goes right, three of those guys are legitimate Cy Young contenders. You know, there's a reason that, you know, when people, when, when you see analysts talk about the Mariners right now, they, they most likely are talking about their starting pitching. Um, Cause all one through five for the Mariners, you know, even, even I've seen Brian Wu getting some, some notice, you know, as someone that could have a very consistent season, you know, him adding pitches in the off season and stuff like that. And, and Bryce Miller adding pitches. And there's even talks that Kirby wanting to throw his knuckleball more than one game a season. So I think we should just let him do it. Just do it, figure it out. Um, but uh, yeah, they stay healthy and consistent. I, you know, we talked about 95 wins, you know, healthy and consistent pitching staff and, and, you know, keeping Brian Wu probably still under an innings, uh, uh, innings, whatever you want to call it, innings limit. Um, I, I certain 95, certainly not out of the, uh, the picture, but, um, you know, all an AL West can title can happen. Um, you know, obviously, you know, when you talk about pitching though, the bullpen, um, we've had pretty good luck with the bullpen. Obviously Andres Munoz last year, um, had a couple months in the, uh, uh, on the IL and, uh, stuff like that. We had, a few injuries to some of the lower guys. So we had like Eduardo Bissardo come up and, and stuff like that. But you know, them staying healthy means there's, you know, a, a chance that there's just the best pitching staff, regardless if it's starting a relief in baseball. And you know, if that all goes right, I'm happy with that. I'm happy with where our pitching's at. You know, we're Mariners have been a reliever factory and starting pitching when when your weakest guy could be probably at worst a three on another team, I love it. Love every bit of it. 
Yeah, I think from the pitching side, right, it's uh, I think it's a level of like if everything if if the ceiling of this team is hit, right, we end up not seeing a couple guys, right? Maybe we don't see as much as like Emerson Hancock or um, maybe we don't see a whole lot of Austin Voth in a way, right? Um, which I guess could be a good thing, right? Because that means everybody's kind of staying healthy. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there's I think on the on the bullpen side, I think um, you know seeing some sort of other breakout um, from somebody that maybe we're not anticipating, I think is is on the table, right? Um, uh, you know, we're seeing some guys in spring training now. Maybe there's some breakout there that happens there, and you know we get some other kind of high leverage arm. I think that would be the ideal state that it's not crazy to think with, with this team. So, Mm -hmm. um, and then I think, you know, my, the last, I think the last, I think the biggest bullet point that I have is that, um, I've, you know, I felt like the last couple of years, this team has been waiting for some sort of breakout from somebody, right. Um, not named Julio Rodriguez, not named Julio Rodriguez. And I think for, I think we, I think for a long time, we thought that was going to be Jared Kelnick and we, 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 we hoped it was Jared Kelnick and we were, we're hopeful that it was Jared Kelnick in April of last year. We really thought it was coming together and then it just didn't really come together like we wanted to. And, um, I think that if I look at the roster right now, um, uh, you know, going into the minors, even, um, I think a, a serious point of a breakout, right? Somebody that has gotten to a point where they're, you know, a 120 WRC player, a 130 WRC plus player, right? This, this big lofty expectations there, but like to have somebody to do that would be the biggest point of, you know, adding upside to this team that I can think of. Right. And there's a list of guys we might be able to add, you know, Dominic Canzone, Ryan Bliss, Cole Young, Harry Ford, Tyler Locklear, and maybe not all those guys are the super high, super high ceiling that we anticipate them to, but the breakouts occasionally happen and you're not anticipating it. Right. And maybe there's a hidden gem in one of those guys there that they really, really break out and really become something special. But if I'm looking at something that really could really go for right for this team, it would have to be, it would have to be that right. It have to be some probably homegrown star or somebody that we traded for that was, you know, in the high minors, right. That ends up becoming, you know, a, a core bat for us. So that's kind of where I'm, where I'm seeing this right now. Seems a little bit more of a stretch, to be honest with you, right? I'm I'm happy with what we've seen from Canzone so far. Guy looks in shape, but um, I don't know if it's quite there. But um, you know, it's not out of the realm of possibility. So if I'm looking at a point of upside, I feel like it's got to be that maybe there's a breakout somewhere there that could really helps kind of propel the offense forward in 2024. It kind of feels like this last off season. I, I feel like that's what the Mariners are banking on too, and I don't necessarily think that's a good thing but maybe they didn't pursue some of those guys as hard as they should have, or, you know, even, you know, the prior seasons, because they've, they really think that one of those guys in the minor leagues that you just mentioned, you know, bliss, young forward, Locklear, and then a guy that could be on the major league roster this season, obviously, and Dominic Hanzone are going to break out. And, you know, obviously the last couple seasons, we didn't have all those guys, but, you know, looking at this season, I, I really feel like that's what they were looking at in the, you know, in the the off season when they were, you know, kind of straying away from some of those high dollar guys, or even now not going after someone like uh, Matt Chapman, you know, um, I, I have this feeling that they feel like they're going to get some breakout from these guys. And, and, um, you know, obviously the Mariners don't have, well, according to wherever you're looking, you know, for minor league systems and their rankings, you know, Mariners don't have a top 10 system, but 
Um, I, I feel like there are some strong young players that there that down there that can progress and you know maybe not make this team coming out of spring, but we could see him in May and June if an injury happens and come up and contribute in a very positive way. Um, you know, and if that all goes right, you need those guys. You know, you you get an injury. You know, you Jorge Polanco. You know, we, we're going to do. What if it all goes wrong? But Jorge Polanco gets hurt and he's on the IL for two months. You want someone like Ryan Bliss coming up and contributing positively to, you know, the to trying to make the playoffs. You know, and and um, you know we're going to cover some of some more of that probably next week or um, you know if we if we do. What if it all goes wrong? But um, yeah, I mean, you you hit it on the head the head there. You know, we need to get a breakout. I, I say from the list of five that you put, I would want like a breakout of at least two of those guys, and that would that would make me feel at ease. You know, with with the lack thereof offensively signed. You know, this off season. Yeah, and <clears throat> seems uh seems a little seems a little steep to maybe hope that there's a big breakout from one of those guys there but uh yeah hey, hey you never know right some of these guys they get to this age i don't know 26 and say in terms of in dom's case right and just kind of all clicks um and you know some of these younger guys we we still don't quite entirely know right maybe they'll get to arkansas and really start to take off and um Hey, Mariners you know, forces the Mariners hand. That would be, that would be nice there. But uh, yeah, I think there's uh, <clears throat> I think there's a lot of points upside for the team. And um, <clears throat> I think the, I think the big takeaways, right. Are, um, you know, starting fast those first couple weeks of the season, like we started, what we talked about, right. Staying healthy. Um, the guys that we acquired in the off season and then staying healthy in the pitching staff side of things. And then, you know, hoping that you get some sort of, <clears throat> you can even call it minor breakout from somebody that you're maybe not anticipating it um, would be, uh, I think the major points upside for the team. And if everything goes right, um, you know, you're talking about certainly being at the top of the AL West. So um, I, I'm going to put a projection on this. I don't know if you want to, but I'm going to put, I'm going to say if everything ends up going right for the team, they're going to win right around 95 to 96 wins. Um, that's kind of where I'm, if all those bullet points are checked off, that's kind of where I where I end up pegging the team at. So, um, you want me to put a projection on it? Go for it. Hundred and sixteen wins. It's bold. It's bold. It's bold. <laughs> it's bold. It'd be like completely inverse of the two thousand one season, where we probably don't have a, you know, as good of an offense as we did in two thousand one. But our pitching staff will be a heck of a lot better than two thousand one. Yeah, yeah. Well, well, Pitching. yeah. We'll see. I, I mean, talent wise, talent wise, I think the, I think it's in question there, right? Where the where, where uh, those teams kind of rank at, right? But uh, yeah, this team certainly has a lot of talent, and if they tap into it, um, yeah, the sky's the limit. Yep. You know, I figured it out, Bo. We're one Jeff Nelson away from 116 wins, I think. One, one Jeff, Jeff Nelson. Nelson. Why don't we just get Jeff Nelson himself? Let's just let's just pull the guy out of wherever he's at and he's, see he's if he's still got it. He's got to be almost in his 50s, or he's got to be in his 50s. Probably close to his 60s, right? What's, what's his date of birth, Bill? <laughs> here, <laughs> uh, I, I can't. I can't type fast enough. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> all all I want is him to come out, pitch a couple of games, 
and we can all chant like we're at a WWE event. You still got it. Clap, 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 clap. That's right. Sorry, I thought you were I thought you were about to say we were one Mark Macklemore away from 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 winning 116 games. That feels a little bit more like maybe on the offensive side of things, but yeah. We're we're one Arthur Rhodes away. How's that? How's that for a deep cut? <laughs> uh, I should have prepared. I I didn't prepare any trivia today. I should have prepared 2001 trivia. I'm sorry. Hey, I, you I, know what? I, I got I got a a trivia question for you. Did you watch the top 100? Uh, I didn't. From from MLB the MLB Network. Yeah. I did not. No. Uh, okay. The first trivia question is who was who was number one? Who was the number one ranked player? Um, did they put Shohei Otani? Nope, he was not number one. Oh, uh, did they put Ronald Acuna Jr.? Bingo, number one, number one. Um, and then the second question I have is, um, two teams had um three players in the top, and he was the top ten. Let me let me pull this up. Give me a second here. Say okay. again. Yep. So two teams. I'm giving you wrong signs. We were watching the video. Right say. We had two teams in the top ten that had three players apiece in the top ten. Okay. Well, say, say that again. Two teams okay. had three players in the top ten. Yes, two teams. So six of the ten top 10 spots had players from two teams now. Okay. Does that make sense? Who were those two teams? Um, the Dodgers. Mm-hmm. And the Braves. No. The Braves fell short because Austin Riley was 15th. They had um, Ronald Kenya Jr. And... Oh, who else was it? Oh, they, they fell out because Austin Riley was 15th and Matt Wilson was 13th. So they only had one player. It was the Dodgers and the Yankees. So Aaron the Judge, Dodgers, Aaron Judge, Juan Soto, and Garrett Cole. Yep. Bingo. So those basically, here's the top 10. Ronald Kenyon Jr. was number one, obviously. Mookie Betts was number two. A lot of, a lot of people were projecting on the MLB network he was going to be number one. I don't know how you pick him over Acuna Jr., but, you know, I guess there's a will. If there's a will, there's a way. Number three, Aaron Judge. Number four, Shohei. And I think a lot of that, why he wasn't number one, came to him getting hurt, not pitching the rest of the season, last season. So I think that's why he wasn't number one. Uh, Freddie Freeman, uh, number five. Number six, Corey Seager. Number seven, Juan Soto. Number eight, Jordan Alvarez. Number nine, Garrett Cole. Number 10, Julio. So, very, very good top 10 list. Um, the the last trivia question I would have, I can't even remember it because they were mentioning it on the, on the show. I think it's the first time in seven years that a uh, Los Angeles Angel is not the number one player. Because Mike Trout had a run for like five years or six years of being the top player and then Shoei beat him. So Not a, sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so. Well, it might be a it might be a while before the Angels get back to that spot. So yeah, there you go. Their best player is going to be Luis Ringifo. 
<laughs> Not Anthony Rendon? Are you sure? The dude doesn't want to play 162 games. He's going to take himself out after 100. <laughs> Actually, he won't even hit 100. He'll hit like 80 games and be like, I'm out. I'm not doing this the rest of the season. <laughs> He's going to give front office a choice. He's going to go to Artie Moreno and be like, you want me to play the first 80 games or the last 80 games? Let me know. <laughs> uh, yeah. That's good. Anyways, that's our show for the day. <laughs> um, well, you got anything else before we get out of here? Uh, that's it for me. Update before we go. The Kraken are now winning 3-2. to two. They challenged a goal. Goal got taken down and they scored two minutes later. So 3-2, to two, three minutes left. Boston is on the power play. That's a little... A little iffy there, but hoping the Kraken can pull out a win and stay in the playoff hunt. So, and as I say that, Boston scores. So it's 3 3 now. Straight, <laughs> <laughs> impeccable timing as always. So, for all our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forks Down podcast. For Bo Chisholm, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you next week. Brother. <laughs>